Welcome to Act Pod, a podcast show that sheds light on the stories and impact of the social sector. The show is proudly powered by Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation. Let's begin the change. Hello, everyone. I'm your host today on the Act Foundation podcast, the Act Pod. My name is Indifreke Okwebunam, and I'm going to be hosting today's episode of the Act Pod. Today I have with me an amazing, amazing, amazing individual um, who works in the social sector um, in Nigeria. And it's a privilege to be talking to her today. She's had over two decades of experience working in the social space um, across Africa. Um, She is a development professional with um, experience in international development, non-profit leadership. Um, She has been executive director of Leap Africa, um, Winbees, and she's currently the executive director of African Philanthropy Forum. We're going to be talking to Mosun Laude today um, about her experiences in in the social space. And you're going to have an amazing time listening to her. So please stay tuned. Thank you so much, Mosun, for making the time to be with us today. We're excited to have you here. Thank you, Indifreke, for that amazing (laughs) intro. Super excited to be here. Thank you. Um, So we'll just go right into it. And this is a conversation that I think it's important for us in the sector to talk about. But before we go into the main meat of this conversation, tell us why you got into the social sector. What, what, how did you, how did you get into this space? How did you begin to work in the nonprofit space? So interestingly, I became interested in the development sector in my 300 level in college. I studied urban and regional planning. And in that third year, we had a course on sustainable development. It was a very new concept at that time. And we were learning how to live our lives and work with people, work with communities, um, and in a way that would, would all leave the world a better place for those who are coming after us. And I was just fascinated. And I thought, hmm, where, which space is this? Where can I do this? This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to give my life to. And so once I got out of college, I wasn't looking for work in a bank or company, telecoms. Those were the big ones at that time. And there was also consulting. Um, I, I was just telling everybody, I want to work with an NGO. Please hook me up with an NGO. And so that's how I started out in the space. Amazing. Mosu, you're one of the few. A lot of people you hear stumbled into this space. And, you know, and once they found it, we all stay and continue to do this work um, and add value, as, as we have seen. So let's talk about African philanthropy. Um, we, we are featuring the African Philanthropy Forum um, today um, and looking at the work that they've done across Africa and how they are fostering Africa's prosperity. So tell us a bit about African Philanthropy Forum and the, some of the work that you have been doing. Okay, before I start talking about African Philanthropy Forum, I want to say a huge thank you to ACT Foundation for being a friend, supporter, and funder of African Philanthropy Forum since inception. So APF, um, you hear me say that a lot, so I won't go on and say it in full. APF is just a unique organization, Um, unique in the sense that we we are African Philanthropy Forum, but we were not established by Africans. Mm. We were actually established by the Global Philanthropy Forum in San Francisco. So the Global Philanthropy Forum brings philanthropists that are interested in global causes together, you know, to see how um, they can improve conditions of people across the world. 
Um, and more and more Africans were coming to the Global Philanthropy Forum and they saw that it was time to set up or replicate something like the Global Philanthropy Forum in Africa. So African Philanthropy Forum was established in 2014 and incubated by the Global Philanthropy Forum. Mm. Um, but it was weird because there were Americans implementing programs in <laughs> Africa yeah. um, and they would come all the way from San Francisco to host programs in Africa, which didn't. You know, the optics weren't right, even though Africans were already involved. And in 2017, we became an independent entity registered in Nigeria and in South Africa. And that was when I got involved as well. So we have our own local governing board, you know, made up of Africans and a few non-Africans that are very passionate about the work that we do in, in Africa. So we're really a vibrant community of philanthropists and social investors committed to sustainable and inclusive development in Africa. APF is about development for Africans by Africans and because we know that there is a lot of wealth on the African continent. Um, and it's important that we harness that wealth um, and we begin to work with Africans so that we can move the needle on development in Africa as opposed to waiting for the global north to direct what is being done. Yes, we'll welcome the support from the global north, but then they can't, you know, Af as Africans, we have to put our money where our mouth is mm -hmm. and we have to take ownership and leadership of our own development and not let someone else dictate how Africa should grow or develop. Very true, very true. What you've said is so important. And that will just lead me to my next questions. Um, because when we think about it, when people say philanthropy, um, a lot of times our thinking is around the wealthy are the ones that should that should give, that the ones that the the big businesses, the 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 people who have made so much money, when people say philanthropy, they think just giving back. You know, we know it's a bit more than that, right? So what would you say about the history of giving? It on the continent, right? And what does that look like right now when you think of the entire landscape of giving, right? What does that look like now? Right, so I'm going to be preaching to the choir here because we are givers in Africa. I always say it. I, the first thing I say when I'm abroad is we are givers in Africa mm -hmm. you know, because because we don't document our giving, you know, others do it better than we do. So we always have to step forward and be in front of that narrative. We're a communion society. We give, we rally around each other. When there is, uh, when someone has a baby, we support the person. When someone is getting married, somebody dies, somebody loses um, their job, someone is ill. We always come together. We are always there for one another. So giving is not new to us on the African continent. What is new is the concept of strategic philanthropy, where we are deliberate about our giving, we are measuring impact, we are telling our stories, we can see that this is how best to do things, this is how we are evolving, this is how to collaborate, this is how to pull resources and not do things alone. You know, so Africa in terms of um, strategic philanthropy is really evolving and doing great. Um, we're seeing a lot of individuals setting up foundations. We're seeing family members or families setting up foundations as, as legacies. Mm -hmm. You know, people come to us and say, oh, our parents have passed on. We want to immortalize them. We want to continue the good work that they were doing. We're seeing that happen. And we're also seeing a lot of corporate foundations come up. You know, so initially, we used to see um, 
big corporate organizations have CSR departments. True. But we're now seeing True. them setting up foundations, yeah. you know, because they understand the importance of um, a different entity that really is managing that aspect of of their work and they are very strategic about it. They are not just setting up foundations that is that is doing charity work, giving generators, um, doing eye tests, you know, those sort mm -hmm. of things. They are being very they are tying it to their own vision or mission of the corporate organization so that what they are doing on the corporate side is actually aligning with what they are doing on the development side. So they are improving the entire ecosystem and the communities around them. You know, so it's really exciting to see how African philanthropy is growing and the fact that there is also a thirst for collaboration because that's something we struggle with at APF. We see that we work a lot in silos. Everyone is doing their own work but the problems are huge and we need to come together um, so that we can pull resources. You know if Different, if five organizations or five foundations that are working in health or malaria come together, they're able to do much more and go further than one foundation doing that. You know, so, um, and we're seeing a thirst for that. We're seeing an appetite for collaboration and, you know, just being every people are coming to us and asking how they can put systems and structures around the work that they are doing, how they can hire better, mm. you know, what they can do to improve the work that they're already doing. So I would say that we're really evolving and we're evolving along the right path. It's still a long way to go when I compare us with, you know, our partners across the globe, but I think we're doing great on the African continent. Thank you so much, Moussa. Thank you for encouraging us. And um, th there's a long way to go, definitely. But I know that we're on the right path. And having an organization like the APF here, um, I'm sure is going to contribute to getting us there even quicker. Um, talking about partnerships, because um, you, you touched on that, and I, I think it's very important. We see that as well, even with the nonprofit space where um, organizations are implementing. They are not coming together. Everybody wants to do their own thing. But doing similar things. So that collaboration is very important. There's something that the APF particularly does when it comes to helping build that sort of relationship, something about a matchmaking service or something that you do. Um, because I'm thinking about anybody watching this, I saying, how do I do this with the APF? I want a partner, but what do I do? Right? What do you already do in that? You know, so it's in, in the APF community, you see that People are working around specific issues. You know, that some things are common across board. Health is common. Education is common. Youth development, um, youth engagement and employment. Um, those are the very popular areas that people work in, um, women and girls. You know, so we don't see, as I was saying earlier, when people are working in silos, it's important to put them in touch with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, to say, you know, ACT is working in this in this area. Yeah. Have you thought about this? So interestingly, I was in Abuja um, a few months ago and I went to visit one of our members. One, one, APF is, has a membership structure as well. We do all this work, but we have people that are actually members of APF, like ACT Foundation is. And we went to, I went to visit our members that were in Abuja. And while we we're having a conversation and I found out that they were doing something around Kindji, I said, oh, do you know this other foundation is working in that area and it was like no way they were both working together on the corporate end you know so they both run corporate entities but they have foundations they work together as corporates but they were not even connected at all 
on the development side and the foundation work that they were doing right there and then we placed calls they fixed meetings and they said oh, we have to work together in kanji mm. we have to do more together up north you know so that's what we do we connect those that are working in the same space together and it's not necessarily foundation to foundation it can be foundation to a non-profit mm. you know because collaboration is not necessarily working you know phila philanthropists are sticking together as philanthropists it's an ecosystem and that's why systems change is also it's it's an important concept that we're talking about these days because we're looking at socializing members of our community, you know, to the concept of resolving root causes yeah. as opposed to solving symptoms, which is what we really do. And if we're going to resolve root causes, we have to look at the whole ecosystem and value chain of what the issue is. How are people affected along the line? Who are the people that are affected by this issue? All of them have to be together around yeah. the table. So that's how we do our matchmaking. You know, we look at um, those that are doing similar work. Those, those Sometimes they're not even thinking this person could be, um, you know, could be relevant to the work that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so we bring those people, we bring it to their to the forefront and that's also what our events do especially our conference we are largely known for our conference and i can say it's the best philanthropic community or gathering on the african continent because that's where you see all those that are doing great work come together and so at those meetings it is a fantastic meeting point for people that are doing interesting work to get together and see how they can work and pull resources Thank you so much, Mosu. We need those connections. We need that opportunity to network um, so that we can build stronger relationships and stronger partnerships to definitely improve the continent. Um, and just talking about moving from philanthropy. So let's talk about those that receive philanthropy. When you look at those that, are, that receive philanthropy, um, what is that relationship typically like from your experience working with the philanthropic end? Because, you know, sometimes the the non-profits or the NGOs that are receiving funds have something to say about those that are giving funds. Let's hear from you, from the side that you work with these people, right? And they, so what is that relationship like and how can we improve on it? So I'm the best person to answer that question <laughs> because I straddle both sides. Mm -hmm. So I've, and I'm still running a non-profit, but because I work with philanthropists, a lot of people group me in meetings. They put me with funds. <laughs> <laughs> they put me with funders. <laughs> but I've been in the development space for so many years and I've been running non-profits and I know what it takes to run a non-profit. I know the challenges of fundraising. I know the commitment that non-profit leaders have to delivering results and impact and reporting. Um, and now working closely with funders, I know how passionate about how passionate they are about the projects that they fund um, and how much they want their grantees and beneficiaries to succeed you know so at um, i think about three conferences ago we actually had a not and both sessions which was what ngos want the donors to know and it was a hot session <laughs> I can imagine. It was, and it was good because <laughs> it was a safe space for them to share no judgment you know you just put everything aside and, you know, the NGOs are very honest about what they would like donors to know. And the donors were able to tell them what their challenges or constraints are. The beauty of it is we, are, we all want to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, what do we want? We want development. We want to move development. We want to achieve the SDGs. We want our communities to be better. We want to leave people out of poverty. We want education indices to improve. We want girls to go to school and, you know, become 
financially sustainable. You know, so we're all looking for the same thing. You know, it's just that some people are funding and some people are implementing. Yeah. Right. You know, so um, it was interesting in, in the sense that um, they were able to understand where everyone is coming from. And what I do know is that funders um, these days are not, they're not just willing to write checks and stay back. Yeah. They want to be part of the process. You know, so they want to be part of, you know, what's going on on ground. And so NGOs also have to involve them in what they are doing, you know, at their events, at not just events, even the community work itself and keeping them informed, keeping them abreast and being transparent. You know, so um, many, many, many years ago, um, I got a call from someone who I gave the, I don't even know, like by the time I was done, he probably wished he didn't call me because <laughs> he said something about, oh, you work with an NGO, you mm. know, that's um, a pretty fraudulent space to be in or something like mm. that. And, wow. you know, so I'm like, excuse me, you know, there is a lot. First, you need to acknowledge us for the amazing work that nonprofits are doing across the country. And we are, there are lots of ethical, you know, in every space, there are unethical people. True. In the banking sector, there are unethical practices. In Very true. Health, everywhere, you know. Yeah. So you can't single out one community because we are receiving donuts, um, donations from funders. You think we are mismanaging. They will say you are an NGI or they will say Labango, you know, Lagos based <laughs> NGOs. <laughs> <laughs> there are all sorts of negative connotations out there for nonprofits, but it, it breaks my heart because nonprofits are breaking their back. They are doing, you know, when funders pull back funds, you still have to keep going. True. You can't desert your community. You know, so on the on and I'm saying this because it's also important for nonprofits to maintain a certain standard, you know, ensure that we have systems and structures, we have our audits done, we are transparent with what we're doing, you know, with not just with donors with stakeholders and you know those and even our beneficiaries you know because we should not treat our beneficiaries like oh they are beneficiaries we owe them we're we are responsible yeah. for the funds that have been given and we are accountable to them as well so you are accountable to donors you are accountable to beneficiaries very true very true i'm, I'm just thinking about what you've said and looking at covid when covid hits a lot of the international organizations right had to go back to their base they couldn't stay and continue the work. But NGOs had to step up. With or without funding, they had to step up. Because the whole world was unsettled. Everybody was trying to find a solution for their own country and their own community. We had to step up step up as Africans to solve our problems. And that's a typical way of just saying that this solution, we have to do it together, right? They, they're definitely bad eggs. We and this across all sectors, all countries, all communities, but NGOs on the in in the continent are doing great work, and I'm glad that you talked about it because sometimes we get underestimated the quality of work we do, right? Sometimes with very limited funding, right? We still yeah. push to ensure that we are making impact and we are able to help. Um, people are beneficiaries and people within vulnerable communities. So thank you so much for highlighting that. So let's talk about impacts your impact stories let's talk from the from the work apf has done from connecting people from just being here since 2014 can you share one or two impact stories um, that our audience can learn from i'm going to do that but i i want to touch on something you just said because Please. it's important regarding covid and how non and africans stepped up 
COVID was a mixed blessing because, you know, sad things happened, but a lot of good things came out of it and it was a learning experience for us. I have never been prouder to be an African than I was during. We statistics show that we tripled our giving mm. in Africa in 2020. Interesting. We did. We did. There are figures to prove it. You know, and that was just amazing. And it's important that we keep that momentum going. We shouldn't leave it for emergencies only. We have to continue on that track. And, you know, NGOs just really, we know how to stretch. Yes. We know how to leverage in-kind donations, goodwill, all of that. And Africans, everybody gave. Mm. It was just amazing. So moving on to the question on on impact. Over the years, um, we have across the continent and across the world because we do have people that are that work with us that are not necessarily Africans but they are working in Africa. We've impacted over two thousand five hundred um stakeholders in the philanthropic community um and improved systems and structures around giving, you know, and uh, partnerships and collaborations, as I said. And when for over 14 African countries. I would say physically with foot, footsteps in 14 African countries. But with, with, um, with going virtual, I'm sure we're in many more countries than in 14 countries um, across Africa. And in all these countries, we have um, those who, are, who didn't even know, who were clueless about what to do, you know, putting systems and structures around their giving, hiring staff, um, making donations, recording, you know, their giving, tracking their giving, you know, tracking their impact, which is very, very interesting. And I think for me, the, the beauty of it for APF is really fostering and enabling and facilitating collaborations. Mm. Because to be honest, everybody was doing something before, you know, but the fact that they are able to collaborate and come together and we're able to put people in touch with each other and they can work together as a result of our coming together, I think has been the greatest impact of it all. And also not just knowledge sharing in the space. We have two toolkits that we have developed that are downloadable um, on our website. And these toolkits were not, we didn't just wake up and decide what we wanted to put in the toolkit. It was based on survey, survey feed, feedback that we got from surveys from members of our community. What do you want us to write about? Which areas are you struggling with? You know, so it covers, I would say it's like, it's like philanthropy for dummies. If you put it that way, you know, it goes to how to set up a foundation. If you should even set up a foundation, maybe you should mm. be collaborating. Yeah. Maybe you should be giving um, grants as opposed to setting up an operating foundation, how to tell your story, which is really important. You really don't tell our stories. That's okay. another thing I've learned working across Africa. There are some, there are some cultures that don't believe in, in sharing what they've done. Um, and also sometimes it's religion based. Some people don't want to, they feel blowing their trumpet is against their religion. Mm. But it's important that as best as we can, we tell our stories to inspire others because when they hear what others are doing there, in fact, I've spoken to, I, <laughs> I spoke to one of our members somewhere and I said, oh, do you know this foundation has given so and so um, million dollars? And he said, we've done more than that. <laughs> you're not telling us us the story get in front of the narrative how to tell your story how to measure impacts and another very critical important part that apf is working on is on next-gen philanthropists Mm. you know because we are a lot of the philanthropists in africa more like first generation wealth holders you know the very wealthy africans um at second first and some 
second generation, but a lot of the philanthropists in our network, their children are just coming of age. Mm. And some of them may not be interested in philanthropy. Some of them are interested, but they don't want to, they think their parents are old school. So mm. they want to do philanthropy in a different way. They're really? talking about impact investment. They're talking about being more hands-on, democratizing philanthropy. You know, so there are so many things that the next generation are looking at. So we are constantly working and talking about that space as well. So our toolkit covers all of it covers all of that even ethics in philanthropy and being transparent that's, that's another thing you know so the ngos we're talking about the ngos the ngos say okay the philanthropists want us to be transparent are they transparent <laughs> <laughs> you know how about their annual reports yes. what are they giving who are they giving mm -hmm. because it also helps them when they are writing their proposals when they know exactly what the focus is and how much they are giving in a space you know so our our toolkits cover all of that. Um, we we recently launched a new platform, which is StartPoint. And StartPoint is really designed to create connections between donors and and um, and NGOs, you know, because um, last year we launched a, a report that we published in partnership with Britspan, which showed that only 14% of funding by international donors get to local NGOs. And only 9% of funding by large givers in Africa get to local NGOs. The rest go to government and international NGOs, mm. which is not right. right. It is not yeah. fair. We need to give funds, put funds in the hands of those that are really doing the work and are in the community. So we launched that point to create, to remove those middlemen. Mm -hmm. you know, what is government doing mm -hmm. there? Yeah. What are international NGOs doing? That's another thing I've learned in this space. When I started working in this space, I realized that a lot of money comes into Africa for Africa, and then about 80% goes out of Africa, Africa yeah. and 20% re remains here. You will not believe it. A lot of those that want to partner with members of our community are international NGOs. You know, so it's important that we give visibility to NGOs that typically would not be visible. There are some blue chief NGOs that always get funding. Yeah. And we know them. We know them. But there are some <laughs> that are doing great work. But yeah. because they are not telling their stories, yeah. they are not putting themselves forward, they just don't have access. We need to give them that access. And that's what we're doing with StartPoint. So that's another matchmaking platform we have. But in this case, it is matchmaking NGOs and philanthropists and funders to unlock funding. That was going to be my next question. So I'm happy that we talked about that point because I know that platform is going to be so beneficial to the sector. It's going to do, it's going to open up opportunities that um, are, and I want, I hope we can publicize more of it so more NGOs can see what it's like, more NGOs can um, register to be part of it because I think they need to register. Can you tell us yes. how, how they can come on board? Because um, I know you already have philanthropy, but from both ends, how can they come on board on that point? So all they need to do is go to the platform. It is startpointafrica.org um, and there is a login for non-profits that want there's a login for non-profits there's a login for funders you know so you should just log in and fill the form that we use to vet what we really need again that platform is for credible ngos True. you know Good. because so what what donors say is that they want to fund but they are struggling to find credible non-profit and we say there there are lots of them there. We, we know them they are there so what we need we need the organizations to have been in existence for at least three years because that way they would they've done something they have something to show um would would like to see their incorporation documents you know just the basic things and so we track all those or not track we check that out and then we invite them to get on the platform to to 
to upload all the information that is required, their mission, their vision, their impact, pictures, their, govern, um, the, the, their board, their team, their financials. And that is not all of all the information is not open to everybody. There is information that is public facing, which is their impact and where they are registered, what they are doing, where. But when it comes to their financials and deeper um, aspects of the work that they are doing, you have to the, the the those that access the information are donors that have to be already registered on our platform so they can get more information about them. But it's a public platform. It's a pub, It's 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 public facing, um, and anybody can go there to put up their information as long as they are credible. They've been around for at least three years, and they are actually doing work because we we ask questions. We ask. We are work. Of course, we work across Africa, mm -hmm. so. We're working with networks in all these countries to Fantastic. check the organizations out that they really exist. Yes, yes and <laughs> they do what they say they're you know, doing. Yes, because mm -hmm. we've gone to, and that's another thing. We've When we go for these international conferences, people will say, oh, um, some American will tell me they are funding something in Meduguri. Mm -hmm. And you know, by the time you check them out, uh, you're like, okay. you know, so <laughs> we just want to be sure that we're putting yeah. our best foot forward. Yeah. And to also erase all these fears and worries about NGOs that they think will go away with their funding, we have to put forth the ones that, and there are many. Yes. There are, there are more good NGOs out there than the yeah, ones that are not. Yes. Yeah. So it's really ensuring that we put, we put the best of Africa on that platform. Thank you so much, Musu. Thank you so much for, because just thinking about it and thinking about our work at ACTS, we look at for those small NGOs that may never have gotten funding before, but now we have the opportunity to fund them and help them build so that bigger organizations can find them exactly. and see the quality of work exactly. that they are doing. Yes, It's a lot of work, but at the end of the day, we have found amazing non-profits that are doing great work yeah. have just not gotten the right and, support. And well done for doing that because somebody has to take a chance on them. NGOs are not ready-made. Mm. You know, so the Leap Africa, the Faith Foundation, the Wimbiz, you know, all these big ones that people gravitate towards. It was a lot of work, work to, get, to get there. And somebody took a chance on them in the early years. True. You know, so it's great work that Art Foundation is doing that you're really looking because I know how hard you work. I've been to some of the events where you know they're NGOs like you've never heard, heard of, of. You know, mm -hmm. and they travel and come to Lagos, and these people really appreciate. You know, the, you give them you give them what you think you know is like startup funding mm -hmm. and the gratitude what, and, and what, what they do with it, and the what impact. they and what they do with it, yeah. the impact, how they stretch it, yeah. and you are encouraged and you are able to give them more and. Another thing I love that you're doing, and it's important to put out there for other foundations um, and even other nonprofits, is you connect your you connect your beneficiaries to other donors. You know, because yeah. you're always reaching out to me. You know, sometimes, and you 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 blow the trumpet trumpet sorry of of your beneficiaries, and you're always looking for others that can give to them. You yeah. know, which is fantastic, and that is how we'll move forward in this space. We have to work together. We are not we're we're not competitors. We are collaborators. I'm True. a firm believer in collaborating because it's too, we cannot solve all these problems. So we're there are too many, and we have to work together to get it done. Beautiful, beautiful, Musu. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking time to talk to us today and telling us about APF. And one last thing I'm going to ask is, 
you are a membership organization, so people have to join to be part of the APF. What do people need to do for our viewers that may be listening um, from corporate organizations to foundations that have an interest and want to come and put structure into their giving and be strategic about their giving? What do they need to do to be part of the APF? To be part of APF, you just have to be a giver. So APF is not where we're open to individual philanthropists, we are open to private foundations, family foundations, corporate foundations. And so it's not, I get asked a lot, you know, if I'm, if I'm, I'm an NGO, can I join APF? No, because it's a platform for those who are actually giving in that space. Not necessarily grant makers. You don't have to be a grant maker because there are lots of people that are funding their own work, mm -hmm. right? And the reason um, it's, it's close to that target audience is because they they are like-minded, they are doing similar things, and they want to learn from, from each other, and they like their safe space. Mm -hmm. you know, so um, our, our, if you go to our website, africanpf.org, we have our membership corner where you can download our membership pack or view our membership pack to read about it and see the different categories. We have an entry level, which is associate membership, because we know that not everybody is established. Some people are just getting into that space. And then we have full members. We have premium members. And then we have our corporate members. You know, So anyone that is actively giving, or maybe you are not giving yet, but you want to give, you want to be in that community, you're welcome to join. Thank you so much again, Mosu. It has been really interesting speaking with you and learning about the work that you'll be doing, amazing work that you're doing across Africa, gathering all these people together, making them see um, why giving needs to be more. Because we, we, as you said at the beginning of this, we are givers, but let's be now strategic Absolutely. about our giving. Absolutely. It's been lovely having you, Mosu. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us today. This has been an amazing session. I've learned so much. I hope you have too. And thank you for making time to listen to us. Till we meet again at our next episode, do have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to ActPod. For inquiries and feedback, please reach us on actpod at actrustfoundation.org. Follow us on social media at actfoundation underscore on Instagram and Twitter at the Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation on Facebook. The show is proudly powered by Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation. ActPod, our story, our continent.